who might be watching us for the first time and just as a little reminder for those gathered here, our Lenten sermon series is called Boot Camp for the Soul. I don't know if any of you ever participate in any, in any strenuous exercise, but one of the things that they insist that you do is that you have to stay hydrated. Amen? Amen. You can get out there running if you want to and you're going to fall out. Amen? <laughs> you got to stay hydrated. And so here I want to ask you, have you ever been thirsty? I mean, I mean really thirsty that you can actually say the word parched. A time when your mouth was so dry that there wasn't even moisture to lick your lips. Amen? You tried to run your tongue across your teeth and your tongue got stuck. Amen? <laughs> That's a dry mouth. They had commercials about that. And it was, your mouth was so dry that it was even hard to swallow. Once when I was in Somalia, I was offered the opportunity to tour more of the northern region when I was in Hargeisa. Now I was based in Mogadishu, which was and is, in some extent, the capital, right? We went by plane, and y'all, I'm going to say this. When the people send the mechanic along with the pilot, you might want to for the right? Okay. When the, when the mechanic is in the front seat too with you, okay? We went to the port city of Barura in northern Somalia in the Sahel region. And then we went a little further inland. When I was there, and timing is everything. Timing is everything. I am from Colombia, okay? And it's hot. The mayor created this thing called Famously Hot for New Year's. Yeah, Colombia is famously hot. It's a bowl. Right? Columbia's a bit of a bowl, so that's why the heat, the humidity just kind of smack down the Columbia, right? And if someone comes to visit you in Columbia, some family or friend in July or August, they must really love you, okay? Because <laughs> it is night, okay? So timing is everything. So needless to say, my timing at this particular point, it was somewhere between 99 and 102 degrees, y'all. And I wasn't even at the in Berber, the city, to get a little breeze from the ocean. And, and the plane encountered, as you might think, some challenges. And we had to make a, an emergency landing. And, and as we waited for the repairs, we positioned ourselves under what shade existed, along with some of the villages. And again, it's sort of the Sahel region, so it's not a lot of shade. A lot, a lot of trees, and, and people who live in these kind of environments are like you say desert, so we just say arid light. Okay. I can't tell you how hot and thirsty I was. I had already consumed my little bottle, my big bottle of water that I carried with me because I, was, I lived and worked in the developing world, so I carried my own water because you had to be careful. People would give you bottles of water, but they just went to the faucet that they had and put the water in it, okay? So you, you had to be careful with the water. And as I sat there baking, I couldn't help but think of one of the titles of, of one of Maya Angelou's book, Just Give Me a Cool Drink of Water Before I Die. That's what I was thinking about. <laughs> But all I got was a hot Coca-Cola because there was no refrigeration and no bottled water. I was so thirsty. 
When our bodies are truly thirsty, only a cool drink of water will satisfy us. Only water will really quench our thirst. Water and clean water at that is a necessity. Water is a basic human need. The body has got to have water. The body can go longer without food than it can without water. And sometimes, y'all, I wonder if we know that we are thirsty. I think some doctors will say that people will eat things when they're actually thirsty. They're actually dehydrated. And I also wonder, do we know what we're thirsty for? Do we know that our souls, what our souls truly need? What Do we know that it is the life-giving water that only Christ can give? The water, the life-giving water that comes from an abiding and a deepening relationship with Christ. It is only that kind of relationship that can transform us more and more into the image of Christ so that we might move from what we were to what God wants us to be. We have to drink deeply from the well that is Jesus Christ. At the level of human need, Having been in an arid context, I cannot help but empathize with the Israelites and how they must have felt. They had been doing their best, and I know we didn't think their best is good enough, because yeah, they murmuring and complaining. That's what God's people have a tendency to do. Amen? And yes, I'm talking about us. Murmuring and complaining. But they are trying to do their best to follow where God was leading, but, but they ended up in a desolate and dry place. And that place was called Repitum. Tell the truth at one time or another in all of our lives, we have all been at Repitum. We have all found ourselves in a desolate place, wondering whether or not God was in our midst. When you get to that dry place, you just can't help but wonder, well, Lord, where are you? I thought I was following. I'm doing the best I can. Yes, Lord, I was walking, kicking, and screaming, and dragging my feet. But, Lord, I can't keep going. Lord, where are you? When we get to those places, we start to wonder. I can only imagine the fear that must have come over them. As they and their livestock wandered in the wilderness day after day as their water began to run out. And they had no identifiable source from which to obtain water. Maybe this situation is hard for us to imagine if we have never experienced life without access to potable, which just means clean water. But so many of us can just go to the faucet or refrigerator without water. But for a lot of people, and not just for those in the two-thirds world, not just for those in the global south, but right here in America and right here in South Carolina, access to clean water is not guaranteed. Some folk got to go and get it. To lug it back home. And, and when we were planning to be in the sanctuary, I was going to show you about um, different videos here, even in South Carolina and Denmark, South Carolina and other places where people do not have access to water, that there are all these chemicals in the water. 
people need water, y'all. And when a basic need is in doubt, that uncertainty produces fear. And a lot of times what we see from people is fear. It may mask as anger, but it's really fear. So we shouldn't be too quick to judge the Israelites about their lack of trust. Because the truth be told, we got a lack of trust. We should always have some compassion for those who thirst. And that they might not know what they're thirsting for. Because there are so many kinds of thirst, right? Those who are oppressed thirst for justice. Those who are excluded thirst for inclusion. The lonely thirst for community and the empty thirst to be filled. There are all different kinds of thirst in the world. And for those wandering in the wilderness, being formed into a holy people, yes, they thirsted for water, and yes, they complained bitterly against Moses. But in reality, their greatest thirst, their ultimate thirst, was always the assurance of God's presence. Our ultimate thirst, our deeper thirst, is always God. To know that in difficult times and desolate places that God's mercy and that God's love will flow into the lives. To recognize that God will always sustain, that God is a source that gives us life. The truth of the matter is that our thirst is really for God. The psalmist says, the deep pants for So my soul longs after you. Does your soul long after God? Does your soul thirst for the living presence of Jesus Christ? God is, God should be our heart's desire. Everyone has a desire. Everyone has a thirst to be filled and fulfilled. So the question always is, what are you filling up on? What are you filling up on? You filling yourself with something? What is it? Who is it? <laughs> Just too many of us try to satisfy our thirsting souls with that which cannot really quench our thirst. When you see people doing stuff and you think, well, how can she get with that? Which how she just trying to satisfy first? She they don't, they don't know what they really thirst. They don't know what source, the real source, what they need. They don't know how. They don't know where. We fill ourselves with that which cannot quench and it won't satisfy for long. You work out in the heat of the day, amen? And drink a Coca-Cola. You're going to still be thirsty. You just got to know what will satisfy and quench. In our scripture lessons for today, everyone is thirsty, even Jesus. And in response to their thirst, they ask for water. You got to know what you need. The Israelites point out that they need water. 
which then invites Moses into a conversation with God that, that creates from his despair because he is ticked off with these people. Amen? Amen. <laughs> creates from his despair water from a stone. And yes, if you read the text, I'm not sure why God did it this way, but he only takes some of the elders with him. And they see but yet all are transformed by God's action because the Israelites got the water. And they came to know again that the deepest thirst was to know whether or not the Lord was among them. That's what their deepest thirst was. And God's mercy flowed from that rock. God reminded them again and again, I am with you, never to leave nor forsake you. In the, in the difficult and desolate, dark times, I am with you, and my mercy will come from places and ways that you could not imagine. At Jacob's well, in Jesus' encounter with the unnamed Samaritan woman, there is also a conversation about thirst and water, and there's also an invitation to new life, to be transformed. The Israelites were transformed. The elders were transformed. Moses was transformed. Our encounters with God, with his son, Jesus Christ, is transformational. You cannot be the same if you have encountered Jesus. Amen. You know the story, she goes there in the heat of the day, and again, let's suspend our judgments. We have a tendency to judge just a little too much. In his conversation with her, Jesus invites her to explore her past. He says, hey, up there talking, and, and depending on, on who, you know, different writers, one of my favorite theologians is Renita Williams, and, and Renita Williams is saying, like, she's like, uh, he asked for water, and she goes, you ain't got no buckets. You know, like, maybe there was a little something, something going on. Everybody looks at this scene different. They have this conversation, and Jesus says, if you, if you knew who it was, ask me for that. You would ask me for that. And he says, go get your husband. Full stop. And she has a choice, right? She could try to pretend. She could try to cover up. She could try to fake it. But she doesn't. She's straight up. She tells the truth. And Jesus says, yeah, that's right. In this conversation with her, Jesus invites her to explore her past, to know her thirst. See, if we're not willing to look back at our stuff, then we can't be healed from our stuff. Amen? And invites her to hear and know the truth. The truth about herself and the truth about her thirst. And y'all, Jesus is the truth and the way. She has an understanding about God. She knows who God is. She has an understanding of the Messiah and the truth that he brings. But now she has an encounter with Christ. And she enters into a relationship with him. She is ready to be fully known and is transformed by her encounter with Jesus. Her response to that encounter, her response to drinking of the well that is Jesus Christ is to run back and go tell. She goes and tells everybody, come, come, come and see, come and see. A man who told me everything about me. He knows me. 
and he loves me. He knows me, and he's still willing to be in a relationship with me. He knows me. Come and see. Come and see. So that their thirst might be satisfied too. Right? She goes to get them so that they too might be filled, that they too might come and drink up from the well that is Jesus. Y'all, those who are thirsty and then drink deeper from the water of life know how to be a fucking father. You can't go and tell somebody about Jesus if you ain't drinking from that well. You got to know your own thirst. If we don't know our own thirst, if we can't be candid about our own need for Christ, the son says, I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. You got to need more Jesus. You got to be thirsty for Jesus like that. Not for every now and then, amen, when it's convenient. Not for just on Sunday, but you got to thirst for Jesus like that. If we're not in touch with our own vulnerability, if you can't be vulnerable, how in the way are you going to ex expect somebody else to be vulnerable? If we're not in touch with our own brokenness, we can't help anybody else to get in touch with them. If we're not in touch with our own stuff, our own sin, we certainly can't help anybody else to get in touch with them. Amen. And if we don't drink deeply and faithfully and continually from the well that is Jesus Christ, then how can we lead someone else to the fountain that will never run dry? If we not keep going back with our cup, fill my cup, Lord, fill it up. Because the truth of the matter is, we leak. We Paul, we are cracked earthen vessels. Right? Isn't that what Paul says? So we're going to leak. Okay, this is not a Depends commercial. Amen. Just a statement of our human condition. Y'all know, it's when something comes in, I'm going to test it a little bit. I'm doing two things while I'm up here. But the Lord will sometimes just send something. Many of you know, some of you know, I think a few of you know, that I am a part of the Walk to Men's community. I have been a part, I don't know how long. I've been doing some of this stuff for so long that I have no number. And one of the main ways that, that we share faith in Jesus Christ is through personal testimony. I just, when I, when I after I went through my walk, I just wanted to be on the music team because they were the fun people. They were the ones doing the crazy stuff. I was just want to do the crazy stuff. I just wanted to have fun. I didn't end up being on the music team that first time. Second time, I just want to be on the music team. I went on the music team the second time. I was like, Lord, what is this? I just want to be on the music team. Lord said, that ain't about you. It's about me, but okay. So third time, I want to be on the music team. Guess what? I wasn't on the music team. So they asked me to give a talk. I didn't want to give a talk. Kind of like those children in Israel. I'm dragging my feet, kicking and screaming and complaining. And I opened up with this story. My senior year in high school, and Ms. Donzel Belton, who is still alive, by the way, bless her soul, been a member of the Usher Board at Gilmore Memorial Baptist Church, 
And she wanted to give me a gift for graduation. I was like, no, no, Ms. Arthur, I don't need anything. I got, you know, this scholarship, I don't need anything. And she known me since I was about six or seven years old. And, um, my mother, Mike Louise, was maybe people who got her into the church and, and presented her the plan, God's saving plan in Jesus Christ. And she wanted to give me some. I, didn't, I wasn't into a lot of things, not even as a kid. I said, okay, fine, Ms. Don said, you can give me a, make me one of those apple pies. And these pies were from scratch. Okay. And they were good. And she said, okay. So thankful, so happy to be able to do something. Well, we weren't in church. My family wasn't in church that Sunday, so she gave the pie to Miss Blaine. Right? Another one of the ushers. But by the time the pie got to me, Miss Bland's son, you know, there was, a, there, was, there was an apple pie on the kitchen table, so he saw it, he jumped out a piece of it, right? <laughs> and then his mom said, no, no, that's for Sheila, so she brought it up the street, and I was upset. And my mother is going like, Sheila, there's still a big pie. But it was, it was missing a piece, I didn't get the whole thing. I told him I didn't get the whole thing, and it took me years to understand why I, I was so upset. And not getting the whole pie. And what I told him, I said, you see, I'm accustomed to a missing piece. My father was killed three months shy of this tour of duty being over in Vietnam, and he had promised to take me to Costco. And when he didn't come back, my little six-year-old self said, learn the lesson that you can't trust people. People will make promises, but they will not fulfill. So I went the first grade on that I had to build it myself. I was accustomed to standing on one leg and having missing peace. And what happened, y'all, is that time after time, God said, you got to tell more your story. Time after time, God said, you got to look deeply, Sheila. Time after time, uh, when I was a lay director, and, uh, yeah, and I never wanted to give that talk on perseverance. I asked him, have you ever been mad at God? Have you ever done, you thought you did everything right, you thought you deserved it. I told God, I thought, I did it right, God. I, I was faithful, I did it, I, I, I served in the church. The one thing I wanted to be was, was a mom. And I was mad. But what God brought me into the understanding was that you can't lead any God's people if you're not willing to look at yourself. You can't lead anyone into my plan of salvation, Sheila. You can't talk about being more than an overcomer if you want to sit, if you're not going to recognize the stuff that you need to overcome. You can't get people to confess that stuff, girl, if you can't confess none of yours. And so we come to church, we hang out with each other, and we try to put on our nice clothes and, and, and look like, like we're all good and we got our stuff together. When we all got stuff, but we try to keep it on the down low. And then we talk about we want to lead others to Christ. And I'm here to tell us today that is not going to happen. We got to stop faking it. If we really care about the gospel, if we really care about the people who are lost, we got to recognize and remember that once I was lost, but then I was found. And that, Lord God, I'm still a sinner. Sometimes I continue to go astray. We have to be able to go deep. We have to stay with 
Jesus Christ. We have to constantly go to that fountain because we leak and constantly consume the grace of God again and again and again. We have to abide in a relationship. And some of us, many of us, most of us are still dry. We are not spiritually hydrated because we don't make time to pray. We can't find time to study. We won't get on our knees. We won't get on our faces. We will not fast. We won't do what God says do when God says do it. So we need to recognize. We need to recognize. We need to remember. We ain't all that. We're just God's. Because that is the only way that we're going to meet other people. Is if we're drinking from the fountain. Amen? Amen. 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 Amen.